Welcome to the Meet Maastricht podcast. I'm Katrina and together with our resident local Lucy, we will be exploring some of the amazing stories that make Maastricht so special. So sit back, relax and join us as we learn about our favourite Dutch city. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 36 of the Meet Maastricht podcast. I'm Katrina here with Lucy as always and we have a very special guest today, someone new to the podcast. Uh, Floor, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yes, thank you. My name is uh, Floor van Spanoek. I'm director of Bureau Europa, which is the platform mm-hmm. for architecture and design in Maastricht. Um, we are based at the Bazin uh, near Lumière Cinema at the yes. Sphinx Quarters. And Bureau Europa is focusing on architecture by organizing exhibitions, excursions, uh, readings and, and debates, uh, but also a lot of collaborations with the University of Maastricht, uh, Hogeschool Zuid. Mm. And uh, as architecture, of course, is very much uh, outside. We also have a, a tendency to organize walks, uh, excursions, um, and to trigger people by uh, having walks, uh, well, you know, written out on our website. Yeah, I mean, I think that fits perfectly with our podcast because yeah. as we were talking about before we um, before we started, we have been discussing buildings, specifically buildings, uh, during the podcast um, throughout Maastricht. So I think you're the perfect fit. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Let's see. What kinds of things has um, Bureau of Europa been able to do during uh, COVID? Because I can imagine... Uh, that might have changed things a little bit. Of course, it's a drama to uh, not having the opportunity to meet up or to mm. uh, have uh, large audiences. Yeah. Uh, but um, last year we managed uh, to be, I think flexibility is the key. Uh, yeah. So uh, we were planning on a, a small co- exhibition uh, of the Maastricht-based uh, uh, architect, w- w- worldwide known, I would say, uh, Jo Koenen. Um, and from a small exhibition, we turned it into a big exhibition <laughs> uh, with a, a huge success, actually, because uh, uh, he has a wonderful collection on, and his archi- on his archive. And he built quite some uh, buildings on, mm-hmm. and developed city parts of Maastricht, mm-hmm. uh, like Ceramique. You, you all know where Bonafante is based. He mm-hmm. uh, was the main planner and at a very young age, he invited uh, really wonderful architects to come to Maastricht. Um, so we did this exhibition, which was hugely uh, successful, and uh, we were sold out the whole time we were, could open. Uh, and of course, we tried to organize things outside, so with walks and excursions, this is what we did. And I was very happy that we could host uh, the students of um, the architecture faculty of Hoogschool Zuid, because they all... Uh, could uh, make small exhibitions in our place. And this was the way they could uh, show the work to the outside. As the schools were closed, uh, we could host uh, others. And uh, they used it in a wonderful way. It was really a professional collaboration. And um, even in the end, uh, I think it was in September, the architecture faculty said, can we also do uh, the final exams? You know, like the... the, the, (laughs) Uh, the o- official, um, yeah. uh, how do you say, the, when you offer the examens and then the parents were there and this was really beautiful. They did it outside and meanwhile inside they could see 
part of their final works. Wow. So it was uh, very, pretty festive, and I was very happy that we could offer this space uh, to them. Right. Um, so for me, it was a wonderful opportunity also to, as I was pretty new, I started in uh, October 2019. Mm -hmm. The whole COVID situation made me uh, look for solutions <laughs> yeah. in the city. And this yeah. was, so in a kind of a pressure cooker, I found my way in Maastricht uh, much more easy and much more quick than I would have in mm. a normal situation, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose so too. It is, as th there's this expression in Dutch that says, under pressure, everything becomes liquefied. And that, that is, that, I, I think that is definitely a positive many of us have taken from this past <laughs> year. We, we have just happily dove into, into things we never really would have considered before and, and, and found all sorts of ways to, to connect and yeah. to inform and to educate yes. and to entertain and to support each other. And it's yeah. wonderful, wonderful with all, the, with all the suffering and all the lack and all the disorientation yeah. going on as well. That's great. That's really great. Yeah, and I was happy that uh, there was some support. We could really continue and also offer the people mm -hmm. who work with the Bureau Europe uh, continue with their jobs. So that was good. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. of course, yeah. it shows, I think the main, for me, the main uh, lesson also shows how much uh, we depend on the public space mm -hmm. and, and how we uh, can uh, use it much uh, richer yeah. than we do if we are in a hurry and in a rush. And uh, so uh, we organize extra walks, but also uh, for me personally, I really start to observe Maastricht much more intense than I would have done uh, when everything was open. So, mm. of course, I look at it at the bright side, but yeah, yeah. it brought some good points. Yes. And Floor, just, just a, a, a practical point, since quite a few of our listeners are not first in Dutch and are not going to be, um, is, is all your information available in English as well? Yes, most of the, our uh, information is in English or we have little uh, synopsis from it. But okay. the, we, we have a bilingual uh, approach. Of yeah. course, also the region is bilingual. So we try to be uh, in English as well. And, and our uh, exhibition information is in English. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. Bureau Europa has, has remained uh, active and reaching out and making connections mm. and providing programming. That's, that's yes. really great. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And Very good. I think one of our main topics of today is the new exhibition, which yes. is Love in a Mist. Can you tell us, I think, I firstly, I suppose, how it came about and how it ended up in Maastricht? Yes, um, uh, the Love in the Mist uh, exhibition is the, telling the, the story on fertility. And fertility, mm -hmm. of course, is uh, well, it's a known topic. But to me, it came from um, Makit Shoshan. She's an architect and she's teaching in Harvard uh, on the architecture faculty. Mm -hmm. And when I started in Maastricht, and once she, she also collaborated in Maastricht and she was living for a while in the, the Netherlands, so she knows a bit about the surroundings, she said to me, Floor, be aware, uh, take your activism or be activist in, the, um, in your exhibition program, which I thought was quite a nice uh, suggestion because it's a beautiful platform you have as a museum. And yeah. uh, it's nice to show beautiful things, but it's also good to make us aware of society or what's really happening. Yeah. And uh, of course, in the past year, in, especially in the US, but if you notice also in the newspapers, 
you see that fertility and especially uh, a topic like abortion mm-hmm. is yeah. under pressure. And well, this, uh, is, so this, is, this is more about controlling female fertility. Indeed. Isn't and it, um, uh, this what uh, so Marquette made an exhibition about it. And as she was uh, quite keen on inviting Dutch uh, artists, we, we talked about it. And I said, oh, I'm quite interested to bring it to Maastricht <laughs> once it's out there. So uh, this is what happened. And I invited her. Of course, we looked. We are we luckily we don't have a U.S. situation where there's a heavy fight, a political fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but also in the Netherlands. We have abortion rights, it's taken care of, but at the same time, there's still a lot of things to do. Yeah. And then uh, the topic of love and a miss is broader than uh, abortion rights. Mm-hmm. It looks at the whole cycles of fertility. And if, if you noticed, mm-hmm. and you look back to the past, you see already, of course, from the stories of the Bible, Adam and Eve in the garden of Eden with the apple, it's all about fertility. And in the Middle Ages, you, we can see how uh, the women who from origin is um, in charge of the garden and knows a lot about the garden and fertility of the, the earth, yeah. is, uh, has to make a place for the men. And uh, so the women are, are more into the houses, uh, their knowledge is cut off. And currently, this cyclist we can see also happening in abortion rights. So abortion, uh, for example, in the Netherlands, it's the only medical task you have to think about for five days, so yeah. uh, which is pretty weird. Or yeah. another thing is, if it would happen to you that you are in need of an abortion, you have to go to a special clinic. Yeah. And for example, in Maastricht, that means that you have to go to Romont, which takes an hour of mm. uh, transport. Then we have for five days thinking. Then you have to go back. If you're not registered, it costs you 500 euros. And if you know that most of the women who are up for abortion are mothers alone, or a lot of women who have an abusive environment, yeah. it's pretty hard to, to see how they can go to a clinic in itself. Yeah. Uh, instead of going to the family doctor, who might be just a few houses or a street block away. Yeah. So these are things which are pretty weird that it's not taken care of, that you don't have access to your body, you cannot uh, have control of your body. And that's Mm. a pure physical sense. Whether you're Catholic or Christian or for other religion reasons you don't or do want to, it's not about this, this is just about how it's arranged. Mm. Um, And in other countries, of course, Poland, uh, but also in France, a lot of things are happening with this topic and it's still weird that there's so much pressure on it. And this exhibition reveals a story about the past, which is also looking at uh, the work of women on ways. It's by Rebecca Gompertz. Last year she was in the top 100 by the Times, uh, chosen as one of the important people, because she makes uh, us, not only in the Netherlands, but worldwide aware Mm. of uh, the right for abortion or for legal and safe abortion. But there's also the other story is that, of course, we want to be fertile, to uh, have children and, and prolong our existence. Mm. Uh, and for that, of course, mankind also developed all kind of hormones, like the death hormone. And in the Netherlands, it ended up in a big drama. This was a hormone which was given to uh, women who wanted to become pregnant. Mm-hmm. And this hormone, in the end, caused cancer in a very uh, dead way by both women and their children. And this death hormone is not only used for, well, of course, it stopped after this dramatic um, side effect, 
but it's also used in um, uh, for animals and for mm -hmm. growing uh, crop because of course we're also longing for bigger animals and more crop uh, first of all earth and if we look at it so the exhibition also takes us from having these issues for women takes us also how we treat earth yeah. um, and uh, what's happening there then the next step if you look in what we are all pushing in our uh, chemicals for er uh, earth to be more fertile uh, we can also see how it really changed earth in the climate changes yeah. and uh, so in another part of the exhibition also is about earth and how we deal with it uh, a recommendation for example by united nations to look much more to um, indigenous people because they're much more close to earth Mm. And uh, it's quite remarkable that they stated in, uh, I think it's a report from 2019, uh, to deal with climate change. They also say, please collaborate between the countries, yeah. but yeah. also much more listen to the indigenous because they're yeah. so much closer to nature mm -hmm. and they have predicted this climate change and these big dramas for decades ago. Mm -hmm. Not yeah. only by seeing the melting water, but just to... They could feel it, they could see it in their mm -hmm. little plants or in the behavior of animals. Yeah. These topics, we, uh, uh, in the exhibition, we, ha we use a lot of uh, works from several artists. Yeah. Because, of course, uh, the power of artists is, is uh, not make maybe reports, but uh, really express what's happening in nature or what kind of position we take. And um, I've also liked the idea, and this is also a way what art can do, is that we have, for example, uh, an exhibition, an, an uh, installation from Next Nature, which is uh, the research group based in Eindhoven, from Kurt van Mensvoort. And um, they took this liberty to uh, have a design of uh, wombs in huge balls, like skippy balls. They are hanging in our hallway. <laughs> and it's uh, suggested that these wombs would be outside the human body, growing babies. And uh, Next Nature always takes the liberty to really design it as it is already possible. Wow. Uh, but of course, ethically, we cannot, we don't do this and we don't grow babies in an external womb. But it's possible. Not yet. Mm -hmm. Not yet. But uh, of course, it's possible. And it's also a good discussion piece because if you take away the weight of this, you know, putting it in the woman's body or, you know, that the man is not able to control it. If you take it outside, what would happen? I think it would be a, it's a good way of thinking about it because it means it's, it's, it's a drastic uh, change. Hmm? Potentially upsetting the entire power balance between the male and female. Indeed. And yeah, I think that's yeah. what the exhibition is also about. But um, yeah. so it's I not, a, it's a, it's a, it's uh, addressing. It's uh, it's also uh, uh, trickles your curiosity. I think to uh, yeah. mm. I, I I like to. I hope people go home and think. Hmm. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. I've <laughs> yes. never thought about this. Yes, um, exactly. To make it a more, bit more um, uh, less uh, theoretical, mm. we also looked in very much into the situation of women. So we we focus on the women in Limburg, uh -huh. and uh, uh, I would say. Limburg has quite some power woman. Um, yeah. And yeah. of course, uh, what would happen if I, I told you before, like fertility uh, made women also uh, lose their some rights in the garden or uh, men were trying to overpower them. But of course, women found their way. And so cloisters, for example, are a very important uh, institute in, in, in yeah, formatting 
uh, women's structures, uh, giving liberty to women to study, to organize. We, yeah. find, we find that in, in many of our podcasts on the, on the yeah. convents in the city. Mm. And that is, that is both the, the older ones that yeah. to an extent did not survive being abolished uh, at the French Revolution. But it definitely, it definitely goes, uh, applies in full force to the the women's convents of the 19th century because you know they were they were explicitly intended to care for people and educate them yeah. you know they were they were all about healthcare and education and that must have made well it demonstrably changed the lives of of women for the better uh, yeah. immensely Mm. Yeah. I also see it when uh, so I talked quite some uh, quite a bit with people in Maastricht uh, on on the women's issue. Um, yeah. So one to call out one name, I would say um, Elisabeth Stroeve. Yes. Um, she was uh, living. Uh, now I have to be right. I think 17th, 16th, 17th century. Yeah. Uh, but she uh, took the initiative to develop a school. She was very religious, but she did not create a new monastery. Or no. convent, but she created this movement for education and uh, healthcare, or yeah. or yeah, take care of the poor people. Of course, she was quite successful, and she was quite uh, unorthodox. Uh, she was also uh, uh, chased a bit, and and uh, people also sometimes consider her even as a witch. But uh, mm. she she really managed to to set up this movement and create a building, and was also. Uh, we acknowledge already in that time for her work. Yeah. Uh, today, uh, Elisabeth Stroef is uh, still a lot in Maastricht's uh, uh, society, I would say, also by the fund uh, named after her. But we can also see, uh, and this is uh, being in the, the part of the Sphinx factory, this is yeah. also interesting around the 19th century, uh, 20th century, uh, the whole Sphinx factory, which was focused on uh, glass or crystal, and um, ceramics was huge. The whole, really, the whole area around the student mm. hotel was the Sphinx uh, factories, one of the biggest factories uh, in Europe. Mm. And uh, both men, women, and unluckily also children were working there. But women uh, were working there even if they would have been married and having children. Because mm. they were poor, they were working there. They were not treated that well, and this created also this whole movement of, of uh, social awareness and the yeah. awareness of uh, having uh, rights. Yeah. Uh, so the, in this factory in Maastricht, it's really different how women were being more yeah, feminist, mm -hmm. getting more, being more aware of their social conditions than, for example, the wives uh, of the people working in the mines in Heerlen. Yeah. So it's really different in Maastricht. There's, there's a special situation mm -hmm. going on. And having the social movement, we can also see that the first women uh, strikes are happening for the whole Netherlands in Maastricht. Yeah. They were influenced by the Belgian people, but also this whole factory setting made, uh, again, women more uh, aware. Mm -hmm. And also we can see that the first female councillor in the Netherlands, a city councillor, is yeah, in Maastricht. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. Anne uh, Wijnands-Louis. She's uh, what we call a factory baby. So she was grown, she grew up in the factory. And of course, also there she was much more a fighter. She really, yeah, for the social democrats, mm -hmm. she became... Um, Counselor. So this is very uh, unique, as, uh, also in the background of this uh, yeah, more Catholic-based uh, region uh, of, mm. of Limburg, of course, where the church was very much controlling uh, the yes. people. 
what they were voting, what they were doing. This this industrial layer in society also made for for very early organizing and and uh, yeah. activism. Mm. Uh, the, it, it, the two went hand in hand. Yeah. At, at, at Meet Maastricht, we are spending Women's History Month uh, publishing podcasts on uh, wonderful women of Maastricht. Oh, the um, the posts on Facebook. Oh, posts. I'm sorry. They're not <laughs> posts. Yes, we, we have already done the, um, the women who are working in the Sphinx factories yeah. and the other factories. And there were some great photos of them with big piles of ceramics and packing things and... Um, I think next we have Elizabeth Struva as well. So uh, we're definitely perfect timing for this podcast. Yeah. 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 I think it's, um, yeah, the stories of Maastricht are, are very rich in that sense that, that yeah. you can see the, the, even also the grandmother of Jus uh, Minnes. You just mentioned to me yeah. in a conversation that uh, he's uh, a guest, often a guest in the podcast. Yes. But yeah. his great grandmother was. Uh, uh, a lady who was working at uh, uh, one of the first female directors of the uh, Natural History Museum in Maastricht. Oh, wow. And she was really fighting her way through the bureaucracy to get yeah. that position. She is in the, in one of the upcoming posts as well. Ah. We oh, so I will. <laughs> we so make sure can't. you come to the exhibition. You can see yeah. some of her personal uh, belongings at Bureau oh, of right. Yeah. And so this whole question about, or the quest maybe for fertility, mm. uh, means uh, uh, it's it's good to keep an eye on, oh yeah, this is what is underlying this quest for yeah. fertility, maybe in the relations between mankind or relations mankind to earth. Yeah. Um, but if we look at properly at the women in uh, Maastricht or even in Limburg, it's uh, very enriching how, uh, yeah, it's it's not only sad, like, oh, they were put away or something. No, yeah. the people create a life and and, uh, yeah. and, and it's quite uh, nicely documented in uh, certain ways. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and it's also, you can, you, well, to me, it is it is very much an, uh, an ongoing power struggle. Um, yeah. Down, down the centuries, and and that that might be not necessarily uh, the women lusting after uh, power in the public sense, but uh, very simply, often the the first and most basic kind of power, and that is of of um, self determination, of mm. autonomy over your own body to begin yes. with, and. Yeah. Uh, and by extension, maybe uh, uh, for your children and for your life in in general, you know, to just mm. be free of ideologues of whatever kind, whether they are extractive uh, um, uh, liberals or neoliberals, or whether they are uh, suppressive uh, uh, religious authorities, as as is the rallying rallying cry in in abortion activism around the world: "It's my body, my choice." True. Yeah, and I have, and, I have, I have been involved in in international in, in within the United Nations in in negotiations. So that is with actors from the world over, on the yeah. sort of language to be used in in documents relating to the Women's Treaty, and it is yeah. forever. It is always and always and always the oppressive regimes that will not budge, that will insist. On, on suppressing women and yeah. it is you know it is it is just uh you know after all these years i'm still i'm still shocked at that kind of 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 hatred of that yeah. kind of 
you know, what can possibly be the motivation of one But it's, uh, I think therefore, half, of, half yeah. of humanity, you know, mm -hmm. why? But therefore it's, uh, uh, actually also for me, I must say, when I started to dive into the topic, Mm. And I've always thought, you know, like the Dutch are quite uh, no, no, no. privileged situation <laughs> that we have it all under control, but it's not. And um, <laughs> and uh, as Rebecca told me, like, Floor, it's so important mm. to bring the stories uh, to the people mm. in simple words. So not make it uh, only a feminist case for yeah. fighting, but it's yeah. really like it touches upon really basic arrangements you, you might yeah. think which are already there, but it's not. And if yeah, I think sure. also the idea of having an exhibition which talks to you in a friendly way, that takes you along with this the meaning of fertility, and that yeah. that is such an underlying yeah uh, emotion maybe even uh, not only uh, a need, necessary uh, topic to to know about, but also to understand what it all causes. Yeah. And um, so I was very happy actually that the Dutch Parliament uh, a few weeks ago they voted to take away the five days. Yeah. Um, oh. a, a time to think about abortion. Yeah. Well. We were very sorry to uh, learn that uh, Rebecca her lawsuit against um, uh, for the Dutch law to make it happen that uh, your family doctor can provide um, abortion pills was not uh, one. So that mm. the judge said no, it's okay that we only have the clinic. And also on television is quite some. So that was a, a big loss, I think. Yeah. Uh, but on television also there's attention for yeah these. Uh, pro-life organizations who spre are spreading false uh, news yeah. on the net, eh, on the internet. Yeah. Uh, for example, if you're looking, uh, what about an abortion? Like young girls are looking for it. You might be triggered by false information on uh, websites which don't tell it's pro-life, but they yeah. just uh, are having a cover-up and they say it's, um, uh, you know, like how unhealthy it is or they just spread mm -hmm. false information. That the public news is uh, giving attention to these false news spreaders, it's good. Um, yeah. But we have to mean, I think it's, it should be a topic which we should be broader known than only the activist or feminist. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, and to tell the stories that it's pretty nice to be aware of, of, of this, it, I, I think that mm. it might help. Yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. What I was, what I was wondering about, Floor, is um, I haven't seen the ex exhibition yet and i'll be there as soon as i can but i've <laughs> i've been i've been reading what you've put online about it i was i was wondering how you how you managed to avoid the trap of uh, oh this is a women's thing uh, all the males could think and uh, just not show up how, how do you how yeah. do you how do you address the male participation in the male gaze, the male responsibility, the feminist males. I try to, uh, yeah, I, I, I was actually also a bit uh, cautious in getting the exhibition uh, purely about abortion. So I was yeah. really uh, a bit uh, thinking about this indeed. Um, one way I want, uh, I try to make it local uh, was yeah. to, because I think a lot of people will not, Oh, it's about fertility. It's not me. You know? mm -hmm. So to make mm -hmm. it about Limburg, I wanted to make it more local. Like people say, ah, I'm interested because it's Limburg. Because we have mm -hmm. a lot of visitors, of course, uh, locally. Uh, so that's one. That's one. And two, um, what I noticed in my observations, as we are on architecture, people would say, is this architecture? <laughs> and um, yeah. 
it's not purely architecture, but architecture these days are, is also much more looking into the social uh, yeah. context. Yeah. And social context makes us having uh, not only monasteries, but social context also makes us having a separate clinic. And that's all yeah. architecture and the built environment, of course. Our built environment is uh, not only drawn by the architects, but it's also shaped by con human conditions. And, um, and um, so this is why fertility is also part of, of that looking at mm. built environment. But I also invited uh, Merel Pitt. She's the main uh, editor for The Architect. Mm -hmm. And she uh, created this series of Mrs. Architect, uh, which is about female architects. And this is what men, I, I, looked, uh, I looked around me, and a lot of male architects like it, that there's attention for the female architect. <laughs> Because there are a lot of female architects, but often the men are on show. Mm. And this gesture by Merel Pitt was uh, why, yeah, welcomed by many people. Okay. So, um, so having Mrs. Architect in the Mevrouw de Architect, uh, a lecture series around this Love and the Mist exhibition, uh, made an, uh, an architect say, oh, that's nice, I will come to that. Mm. Okay. Uh, so this is how I try to combine. Or uh, another guy was telling about next nature, and that's about technology, that's about uh, future, a bit sci-fi, yeah. and that's what I like. You know, like the womb outside of the women, that's what I like. So I thought, uh -huh. we make it a bit sci-fi, we make it a bit uh, technolo technology, we make it a bit about architecture. Uh, uh -huh. This will hopefully comfort men, <laughs> uh, <laughs> not to feel to look at away from the topic. Mm. Okay. Yeah. It sounds it sounds a little bit crazy to me to think that fertility is not a um, a human issue yes, exactly. <laughs> rather than just women. Uh, obviously, it takes two people to yeah. <laughs> to be fertile to make yeah. a baby. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, not, I'm not walking away from it, but uh, yeah. it, it, is, uh, it is sad. But it's also, uh, for me also in the beginning, I thought it's a very feminist activist yeah, topic. Yeah. Looking to much more deeply, I thought, no, it's, it's, uh, it's like not. one of the main conditions, human conditions. Yeah. But of course, uh, yes, I think it will, we, I cannot take that away in one exhibition. <laughs> so uh, I kind of like it that we made it pink, you know, like in a friendly yeah. pink. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I was also a bit disappointed when uh, an old elder guy came to me talking about uh, lectures or something. And he said, uh, he said, so what right are you working on? And I said, love and image, blah, blah, blah. And he said, oh, that, my wife will like that. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> a bit. Uh, and that's, so, I, of course, I joked to him, oh. you have to come as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this is the situation, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. but it's you know it's the easiest cop out of all to to uh, declare uh, an entire field of research and uh, the human experience it is based on by by declaring it uh, you know uninteresting because yeah. it's just for women. <laughs> it's just as Katrina is saying, anything connected to fertility involves yeah. a male and a female. So you know. Come on. But I'm yeah. thinking, um, I think this might be too hard, this topic. Uh, but I think a lo lot of things can be done in communication. 
Oh, give yeah. an example, trying to turn it around, uh, to look at from an approach it from another side. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I hope I with this. So this, yeah, it, yeah, this is the way we have to do it. Yeah. Uh, but for now, I think for sure it will not. Uh, the men will, will. They might be interested in some artist. Yeah. yeah. And it's great that you've had such a wide range of artists as well. I know that I'm just looking at the pictures and the video there. There is a, a big range of um, mediums and different uh-huh. artists. So yeah. I'm sure yeah. there will be something to interest to interest people. As you said, the more science fiction-y things, or I know there's digital and analog yeah. art. There's, it seems like there's a really wide range. Um, I would also, of course, this is a collaboration with Harvard, but if I would uh, re- reform it or uh, form it otherwise, mm. I might look for a title uh, like uh, Control the World in uh, by Fertility, or, you know, like a really manly yeah. title, which might <laughs> trick like a Star Wars kind of thing. Like, oh yeah, that's <laughs> what I want to know about this. And then see, yeah. oh, who? My God, it's about yeah. fertility. But yeah. uh, to yeah, trap always... uh, men a bit with it, yeah, we could have done that. <laughs> because the the title that is being used at the moment is a uh, a plant. Yeah, right? it's a the... plant, and this is also how we start exhibition with uh, a, a be- beautiful graphic, detailed um, hallway, uh, yeah. graphically made by uh, the designers made by Sandra Kassenaar. Uh, they drawn. Uh, she has drawn a few plants which are all about controlling fertility. Oh. And um, love and yeah. myth is a beautiful myth uh, about it's a, it's a little plant with a beautiful flower. Mm. And uh, one of the myths is that it was used, uh, women would use it to grow and they would grow it. And if a man would approach and he would see the beautiful flowers, he would be caught by the flowers instead of looking at the woman. <laughs> and oh. so that is the way how women could escape a man. But it was also used uh, to, uh, to, to, for abortion. But it's not really proven that other uh, plants are much better for this. Uh, yeah. but so in the hallway, we start with this kind of old knowledge for plants. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't recognize it as a, as a plant name at all. But it was a, it was a very poetic yeah. for an exhibition. In, in the Dutch and it says uh, uh, it says uh, in het groen. Yeah, yeah. But that, I that, that I recognized, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but <laughs> love name is a beautiful name indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, lovely. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like a poem. Oh. <laughs> and uh, Flo, was there a piece in the exhibition that really spoke to you or that you really like that you'd like to talk about? No, I. I, well, I, I like a lot of the works. I like the uh, Desiree Doron made really beautiful uh, nature works. Um, mm. Actually, I, so what I really like is the work, but I, I like them in general next nature uh, because they make things um, visible which are about to happen. And, mm. and make you think about it. We only show a little bit of this story. Uh, this is the, the Ladies of Thorn, of the Princess of Thorn, oh, which yeah. is a, a, mm. a small uh, community near Maastricht in, to, in the uh, yeah, now village or city of Thorn, um, which used to be a total elite place for uh, the elite of Europe for ladies who yeah. could only enter uh, the Stift, which is the organization form of uh, not being in a monastery, but very religious, uh, but open. Uh, so you didn't want, you didn't not become a nun, but you would sign up and you had to prove that you were very uh, noble by mm. showing your family tree, mm-hmm. that you for many generations would be noble. 
And this form was also a way of the sort of rich people could also buy their freedom. Like uh, as a woman was not married, you could go mm-hmm. there and live a, a quite a good life. Yeah. And I liked that we were looking for, I, I once saw one of the family trees in the Maastricht archive. So mm-hmm. I really liked to have the, the original in the exhibition. And then we were asking for it around and we noticed that there's so much attention for it. So in the fall uh, in um, the Mist- Limburg Museum, they will have a full exhibition on this topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's right. quite nice because that's also a very pleasing way. Like, oh, that's the elite, you know, but also so close to Maastricht. It's uh, it's very powerful, actually, that there are yeah. all these conglomerates working on yeah. uh, education and f- creating forms of living. Yeah, I kind of yeah. liked it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we we came we came across quite a few um, uh, manifestations of of this kind of of uh, uh, living arrangements for uh, women when yeah. when talking about the different uh, places in Maastricht as well. Mm. You know, we yeah. we tend to to not realize this, but the beguinage, uh, so the uh, places yeah. uh, that were made for beguines and things like the Saint Martin's Court, which was very decidedly not. Really religious and and still isn't after all mm-hmm. these centuries mm-hmm. but but also women's convents in in all sorts of ways provided safe places for mm-hmm. independent women yeah. and yeah. you you would have to you would have to subscribe to more or fewer rules of course the ladies of the stift were were free to to uh, live their very luxurious lifestyle yeah. <laughs> in Toren, uh, but that is that was the high nobility of all of Europe but but you know this type of freedom was was available to uh, women of of all levels in society for for quite mm. a long time so yeah. that's you know that's that it seems it seems to me that that uh, a lot of the a lot of the oppressive uh, forms of um, women having to be house just wives and mothers Mm-hmm. Uh, dates date a lot of that seems to date from the from the 19th and 20th century so come on we should be able to get rid of that yeah true well yeah. i think if you look closely to the whole sphinx situation uh it's really uh tough how people were treated there right? that the mm-hmm. life they were living in the factories and yeah pretty uh tough conditions yeah. Um, I actually really love the beautiful photos from the Sphinx people. Yeah. We have them also. I've put uh, two posters now in our uh, windows on the outside, mm-hmm. and okay. there's so much more. And then, which is, and we really like that collaboration we have the, with the archive because it's so yeah. rich. They have so yes. beautiful ma- material of uh, yeah. Maastricht. It's it's really nice to look into it. And yeah. I must say, this is a, a, a one thing. I, I'm a, by origin a historian, and um, I really love it how Maastricht is uh, diving into its history. Huh? The, the, yeah. the, the, there's such a yeah, you're w- working on it and, and with it, but there's so many people yeah. interested in Maastricht, and it's it's really lived by the inhabitants, mm-hmm. which is a kind of a joy. Huh? So the, there's a lot of stories to tell, and. Um, and and of course, uh, I find it very important also to look into the future and into innovations. But it's nice mm. to to link both to each other, have the past with yeah. the future, and yeah, uh, yeah to take it yeah. along. And also yeah. to uh, the the thing you you mentioned uh, uh, just before, uh, linking the people to their heritage. You know, and that's, yes. that that's definitely something you are doing. 
and that's also definitely something Meet Maastricht is trying to do. Yeah. Because it is, you know, it just adds depth to your experiences. It just it just provides you with more of a sense of, of belonging, of yeah, knowing your too. knowing your way about, of mm. realizing why things are the way they are, whether you want to change them or not. I think that, that that's the main thing really, that it provides a sense of, of belonging when you when you know more than just where the supermarket is and the true. Yeah. True, true, true. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so I think before we wrap up, um, do you have the practical information for, for people? Oh, so yeah. yeah. When, when things are happening and how we get there and um, I don't know if there's a ticket price or anything like that that you wanted to share. <laughs> yeah, so uh, for now, of course, due to the COVID, we are uh, closed. Um, yeah. uh, but uh, as soon as possible, we will open. Then uh, I, I assume the reservation system still has to um, be used. So you can mm -hmm. reserve your tickets online. Mm -hmm. uh, for the lectures, uh, the, you can also reserve your tickets online. Uh, we will work with Rebecca uh, having a lecture with the Studium Generale of the University of Maastricht. And this is all mentioned in, on our website or newsletter. You can sign up on our website, Bureau Europa. Google for Bureau Europa and you will find it. <laughs> and uh, we will have uh, excursions coming up. Uh, and of course, already there's some of the trips are online. What I also like to, because this is what I uh, changed a bit in our positioning, not only as a museum having exhibitions, but I really want to have the dialogue with the city. <gasps> so therefore, I weekly walk with people from Maastricht. People can sign up if they're from Maastricht and want to show their part of the city to me. That's, yeah. uh, and then we make an appointment for like one hour, two hour walk. This is what I do. Uh, but I also yeah. like to invite people if they say, can I do a lecture at your place or can we do something? Because Bureau um, Europa is a beautiful uh, institute. It's a, uh, a beautiful place. I also mm -hmm. like it to be used by many people. So I, uh, I already invited a lot of students to work with us. But if you have an idea or a plan or you want to show something, maybe even in the, our etalages or uh, in windows, reach out to us and we're very open for collaborations. Great. Yeah. So this is uh, what I wanted to say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> very exciting. And we have uh, like uh, museum tickets. Uh, our price is, is very uh, modest, I would say, for five euros. Yeah, uh, you can enter, and uh, and I think the first bit of the hallway you can already enter, and only above you can decide if you want to buy the ticket because the first uh, introduction we give to you. Yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> and is 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 that part of the museum card as well? It's part of the museum card as well. Okay, nice. And um, yeah, yeah, and the exhibition, the Love in a Mist. It will run till uh, the fifteenth of August. Yes. And uh, meanwhile, we have like the lecture series on uh, Mevrouw de Architect. They, those will be in Dutch, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, it's still nice. And we have also other exhibitions coming up, little pop-up exhibitions. Oh, nice. That's what we will do for the summer. And, uh, yeah. and we will have an educational uh, kit for young children. Oh, so good. people are welcome. Great. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for talking to us. We are uh, very grateful for you coming and talking about Love and a Mist. We really hope we get to be there in person and we get to visit because it will be great to to visit an exhibition. It seems like <laughs> so long since we've been able to, to do that. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> I'm very happy with your initiative of Meet Maastricht because I think it's important to connect 
I wish you uh, God, yeah, luck and, and please call me anytime if you want other <laughs> topics to discuss. Yeah. Good. Yeah, sure. We will. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Meet Maastricht podcast. To keep up to date with all our content and events, make sure to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at, at Meet Maastricht and on Facebook at Come Meet Maastricht. If you love our podcast and would like to see some amazing archival images as you listen, don't forget to subscribe to the Meet Maastricht YouTube channel. If you love what we do and would like to support the Meet Maastricht team, you can also donate through PayPal via our website meetmaastricht.eu. Meet Maastricht is definitely a labour of love and all of the revenue we make through our tours and events currently goes towards administration costs. With your help, we would love to be able to give back a little something to the team so we can all keep bringing you our favourite stories and showing you our favourite places in Maastricht. Thanks again and tune in next time to learn more about our beautiful city. Good